On this episode of Pretty Pillow Talk Podcast, we interview Liz, who's a lash artist all the way from Canada. She has some pretty crazy stories to share with us, and I'm really, really excited for you guys to hear from her. Okay, let's get started. I think the worst part was he started feeling so comfortable that he would like walk up to her and like invade my space and kneel down and like make out with her while I was doing her lashes. How do you even do lashes on somebody who's doing that? Welcome to this week's episode of Pretty Pillow Talk Podcast, where we are getting to interview Elizabeth all the way from Vancouver Island. I'm so excited. Welcome, Elizabeth. How are you? Hi there. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Are you freezing up there? (laughs) It's not too bad. I actually, I wish it was snowing, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year. Oh, really? It's It's like one. Yeah. It's one of my goals to travel to Canada one day and see all the crazy things there. You can come visit. Come visit Vancouver Island. It's beautiful. I'd love to. So you're a lash artist, is that right? I am. Yeah. Awesome. How long have you been um, practicing lashes? I took my first course in June 2015. And um, I've just been working for about four, four and a half years full-time lashing. I've taken a couple breaks in between. That's amazing. So tell me about like what it was growing, like what life was like growing up for you. Like, do you come from a really big family? Not necessarily. So my parents moved to Vancouver Island from Ontario. Um, We were separated from a lot of our cousins and aunts and uncles, but we ended up growing up in this small town that was a village at the time. Um, We lived pretty modest lives and um, I actually wasn't very familiar with aesthetics in general before I took a leap into lashing. Wow. Is that right? So like, did were you interested as a young child? Like I find a lot of my girlfriends who went into aesthetics weren't really studious in high school, including myself. Like I, I barely passed a lot of courses. <laughs> I feel like they were like, you'll, you'll survive. Just, just graduate. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. High school is not for everyone at the time. It's not, it wasn't for me. I left high school early and I went and I started painting houses because it paid more. And then I was drywalling because it paid more. And then I got, I got into weddings and because that paid more. And then I went into waitressing, which paid a lot. And then when I was done with waitressing, I had moved back to Vancouver Island. I was living up North at the time when I was waitressing. I needed to find something that gave me the same kind of return. Sure. Um, so I ended Tell up me about looking at... Like, where... Oh, girl. <laughs> How do it's you go wild. from like, to weddings to lashes? Well, I'm the type of person where I, I don't know what I want to do, but I know what I don't want to do. And... Mm-hmm. I've never been able to actually nail down what I wanted to do in school. So I just went for the 
best job that yielded the highest profits for the least experience, which was waitressing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, there and That's awesome. I found, yeah, I mean, it, it really worked out for me. Um, and it was a really wild, fun time. And I worked with a lot of entrepreneurs like yourself, like just people who are just go-getters. Um, sure. So when I moved home, Lashes was kind of similar in that regard, where the investment is quite inexpensive and the, the profit margin is high. So that really attracted me. But also um, growing up in a creative family, I found it just a really good way to be creative and make people feel good about themselves. And yeah, it was just something that I really wanted to get into. What did your mom and dad do? When you say creative, how do you mean your family is creative? Um, my dad, he designs buildings. Uh, my sister's a tattoo artist. My um, mom, she's really artistic as well. She did a bunch of different jobs. Um, and then my other sister's an entrepreneur as well and creative. She's a seamstress and makes clothing. I so. feel like it's generational. Like I have a girlfriend, actually my mentor who in permanent cosmetics, she's also from a very artistic family, including myself. My siblings are all, all artistic. My sister is an actress and singer and composer. And my brother, mm. you know, plays guitar and he's a tattoo, like he's an artist as well. So I feel like, it just, you either are very artistic and that's what you do, you know, and that's what you crave. And that's why school isn't really like attractive because you're not able to express your creativity in a lot of, you know, in math or science. Um, but then we excel at these other very free flowing, we have total control over our schedule and how we do it kind of a thing. I really think that that is a that should be recognized in schools, you know, kids who totally. are more, yeah, who are more um, trade oriented. Absolutely. I think they're doing that more in schools now where they're trying to help so. the children. Yeah, I think so. So tell me about like, did you, I learned, I don't know, I'll probably say this a lot on this podcast, but I learned my first classic lash course from YouTube University. Like, wow. I was like, I'm gonna- $3,000 for a lash course for two days when there are like thousands of videos on YouTube <laughs> about That's how to incredible. do incredible. Yeah, it was kind of stupid though, because you really aren't going to learn. I mean, I'm all about self teaching, you know, DIY, really go, you know, trying to do it for as free and cheap as you can when you're raising a family and entering the industry at like in your mid 30s, like I was. You know, a lot of girls I see coming up now, they're like making millions at 25 before they're 25. They're opening shops at 18 years old. And I'm just like, girl, I wish I had that when I was that young, you know? Yeah, it's pretty insane. The lash industry is just crazy. I'm sorry about my dogs. They're in the backyard barking. It's totally funny. So how did you discover the lash industry? Or like, did it blow up in your town and then you get involved or did you kind of see it as it was rising and decided to like, I need to get on that train kind of thing? Well, being a waitress, I worked in a really upscale pub. And um, with that, you kind of had to look done up all the time. Like if your nails were chipped, you had to go and fix them. You weren't allowed to get back yeah. to your shift. You had to have, you know, you, you had serious? to look good. Yeah. And it was owned by a woman. I actually really, she was an amazing woman. It wasn't like a 
sexist kind of thing where you have to look pretty. She just demanded excellence all the time. So with that, I was working with these beautiful girls that had these beautiful lash extensions. And um, that's the first time I ever had seen it. So I ended up getting my first set of classic lashes and it was just a game changer for me. It was just that small enhancement. So I had tried, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I tried that, I really liked the experience. So I kept getting them. Um, Over time, my lash tech had left and I went to a salon, um, just like it was one of those like nail salons. I got volume lashes. You did from a nail salon? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it's like in Canada, but it's pretty sketch here. (laughs) So bad. Let me tell you. And this is actually what got me into lashes. Okay. So (laughs) I want to hear this. (laughs) I went in, I paid $250. It only took her one hour. What? They were so full. They were incredibly full. And I was like, holy crap, these are so glamorous. Like they were great. And I was leaving on vacation. I go on vacation. Well, guess what? They're all glued together. So as my Uh, lashes are growing at their individual rates, I'm like, I'm physically pulling chunks of these lashes off of my eyes because they're so uncomfortable. I was pulling them out in like quarter inch chunks. So I, I put some aside in a bag and it was so bad. It hurt so bad. And, um, yeah, I saved a couple. I, I was thinking of letting them know, but I just yeah. said, whatever. Mistakes cost money. I'm not going back there. Oh my gosh, for sure. Too big. Yes. Oh my gosh. Were your natural lashes coming out with those chunks? Because that's what I usually yeah. see. Yeah. It was and just you, I, girl. Were you like completely bald after they all came out? Yes. So, and I didn't fully understand lashes. I didn't understand lash growth. I didn't understand the phases. I didn't understand any of it. So I went to another technician. Yeah. So, and that's the thing I didn't, now I, I was glad I could experience that um, because now I have experience wearing bad lashes. I know there's a good way and a bad way to do it. And I want to make sure my clients never feel that because that was awful. Um, Right. Yeah. So I ended up going to this other great technician and she did such a good job. And she just explained to me a little bit. um, She just kind of educated me on lashes and how they're applied and strong lashes and small lashes. And that's what really did it for me. After that, I thought maybe I could pursue a lash career and work out of my house, just like these girls were doing, making great money. Absolutely. I I think I think as many lash shops that are out there for every like one or two, there are about five to 10 lash artists working out of their homes. And I feel like, especially during COVID, I feel people just don't have either the resources or the ability to go into a brick and mortar store. And, you know, so they're just working out of their homes and that's fine if you've been properly trained, you know, and you're um, following all the guidelines to do that out of your state. It's amazing what you can do and the money you can make. I mean, same for me. I had, <laughs> I ran for um, a local pageant here for a Mrs. Pageant and I was Mrs. Honolulu <laughs> like years ago. Yeah, it was fun. It was just like a thing step out of, you know, out of my comfort zone. And 
out of the, you know, you're in a supportive role a lot of times as a mother and a wife. And I was getting older and I just felt like I needed to do something that was kind of crazy. So I did that. <laughs> I did a pageant. Oh, I, it was love, it. I <laughs> love it. I love it. But that was my first experience with extensions because basically I was like, I need to change my entire look. I need to like actually become this characterization of myself, you know, <laughs> kind of like you do as a waitress and like bring out different sides of my personality. So I got extensions from a girl out of her house. It was a very just storage kind of room where there was a couch and a TV, but like, you knew uh, people had stored their, you know, generational uh, memories there. And she had a lash bed and she had all of her supplies and she was fast, like an hour, like for classics, which is good. But I like, that was my first experience. And I was like asking her questions about her you know, job, she was working other jobs, but she was paying for cars in cash. She was like paying for school in cash. And I'm like, okay, like you, I saw the minimal investment for large profit aspect. And I was looking for what was going to be my career. You know, I didn't want to stay in dialysis. I was 15 years as a dialysis technician. I didn't want to do that for my whole life. So I saw this as a really good transition, but also like I would get poked, like the lashes would poke me and my eyes would burn. And I just had that first experience with someone who didn't really have proper training or wasn't using more professional products because they weren't, a she wasn't an esthetician, right? And I feel like there's so much of that in our industry, don't you? Oh, it is insane. And it's, it's similar to like, if somebody wants to be a tattoo artist, they can be a tattoo artist. It doesn't mean they can draw. Like That's true. They just have know. to get a license. And that's why it was so important uh, for me to get properly trained before I went into tattooing because there's, I don't want to, you know, I, there's uh, integrity behind your products, right? Just like for your lashes. So, okay, continue your story. So now you're ready. You're ready to go into lashing. And what was the first course you took? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, well, I'm just going to backtrack a bit. So my husband and I, we were living up North away from home, um, in a really crazy work town. There's lots of money there, uh, similar to like Vegas, for instance. So we actually, yeah. So it was just a really good opportunity town. Um, so when I left there and moved back to Vancouver Island where they, um, you know, money isn't as fluid and, opportunity isn't as great. Um, I definitely decided on lashes. So I ended up supporting this local business. Um, It was a girl who grew her business and then she started to teach. Um, I went in for a classic course, took me two days. Um, They gave me a kit that supplied me with 20 clients worth of full sets, which would completely pay for itself. I think it was about $1,200 altogether. Yeah, so I went home that night and my best friend was visiting and I just laid her down, set my timer for two hours and I did what I could in that time. Good job. Yeah, and honestly, it turned out pretty good. And then I just continued. um, I did about five models before I started charging, but I just continued to set my clock for two hours and I would just work as efficiently as possible. And over time, I just got faster and better and right. I couldn't keep up with the amount of clients that I started 
getting. Wow. Was that just word of mouth? Yeah, I believe it was. So what happened was I live really close to town. So it's a convenient location for a lot of the local people. Um, Mm. Two two pretty big lash artists in this area had actually closed their shop right when I finished my course. So I was lucky. Yeah. I was lucky to inherit a clientele right off the bat of people actively looking for a tech. That like never happens. <laughs> I know. Honestly. I'm I'm a lucky person though. Like you just the are. weirdest things kind of just make the universe kind of just makes things work for me sometimes. Oh, so, lucky girl. Yeah, I mean, there's like there's magic in the world if you look at it, right? So that's true. I love that attitude. Yeah, absolutely. So now you're a lash artist. You're getting super booked out. Like, were you booked out like pretty crazy? Quickly? Yeah. Um, and you didn't like you needed to hire anybody. Well, that's the thing. Within six months, I was fully booked with like a 30 person wait list and I just couldn't fit wow. any more people in. And everyone who came in would book their next fill. And I had a great clientele. Um, I didn't have an appointment reminder system at that time. Everyone just came. Nobody ever missed their appointments. It was absolutely amazing. Um, But the downside is that I was working. I'm a bit of a workaholic. So I was working on my days off. I was not going and making, I wasn't following through with plans that I wanted to make with people because I was always prioritizing work. Um, And eventually I started to burn out. So I had to actually take a break uh, for about a year. And I yeah, self-care is so important, you know, like setting your boundaries with your clients, making sure like for me with my kids, my priority is like being able to take them to school, being able to take them to their um, activities like volleyball practice or boxing or piano, because like that's my time with them. So if I don't book that into my booking system as my personal event, it'll take, it'll get taken over. I'll easily be like, like you, I'm a workaholic. I'd rather say yes to the money than like, you know, and, and say, oh, my kids will be okay. I had to put my kids in first or else people will want that spot. Right. Because it's the afternoon or it's after work, but my husband and I, you know, he works a pretty busy job, so he can't always be available to take them. So I know that that might hurt my overall numbers, but I think for self-care, is so important. So if it's important to you, you know, you need to make that a priority and set boundaries real early. So I'm glad that you were able to take a break. Did you, when you came back to lashing, did you do that or just go back into Um, full swing of things? I went straight into the full swing of things again. Um, (laughs) Did you get your clientele back? um, I did get most of them back. At that point, a lot of uh, texts had taken courses as well and developed in my area. Um, So there was competition out there, but my name was already pretty well known. So it wasn't that hard for me to get clients back. Um, So at that point I had taken a volume uh, course with Frankie Widows online. It was an amazing course. Oh, she's amazing. That's who I learned from on YouTube University. I was like, let me try to get Frankie Widows stuff. But at that time she was still saying like, that classics can be, you know, 0.20s. I'm like, and I was watching what was happening to the girls here that I would apply that heavy lash to. And I'm like, no, we need to lighten this. This isn't working for my clientele's lashes. So I've seen her courses evolve as well as the lash industry has made improvements. 
Absolutely. I feel like classic lashes now, I feel like most people fit a 0.12 lash really well. Right. And right. as their or lash grows, or a which? 0.10. Oh yeah, they're great. And those are technically, a 0.10 can be used as a volume lash like back in the day, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they give such a beautiful, unique, like natural look to having the lighter lashes rather than a thick classic lash. Yeah, the, the lash industry has evolved a lot even since I entered it. Absolutely, and it keeps so. evolving. I, I enjoy watching the beauty industry change for the better, you know? So tell me kind of about, you know, we have different clientele here, but tell me about your clientele and like, what's your favorite story? <laughs> oh my gosh, so living on Vancouver Island, like I said, there's not a lot of opportunities here. People don't have a lot of money. With that, you're kind of dealing with a certain demographic. And at the time, lashes, everybody wanted them. Everybody and their grandmother wanted them. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happened. I mean, I've had people show up on drugs. I've had people show up two hours late and wasted. I've had people show up with their 40-year-old boyfriends that can't keep their hands off of them. Like, oh my gosh, that's insane. It was insane. For instance, so there was one client that I had and she was, she was really great. Um, I had known of her in high school, but we had never really clicked. Um, but that is one thing I found with the lash industry. Once people that you never gelled with start coming to you as a, as their technician, you really realize that your name's starting to get out there a little bit more, which is kind of cool. Anyways, that is cool. It is kind of neat. Um, I had like people that bullied me in high school um, wanting to book, which was kind of nice as well. Um, (laughs) That's so interesting. It just shows that if you're good at what you do, people are going to put aside certain experiences or whatever, which is good. Absolutely. And And the fact that you can do the same thing is good. Tell me, how did you handle someone showing up two hours late? Like I wouldn't, I would like, girl, you got to reschedule. I was addicted to work. I mean, and I was excited because at the time um, I had just, well, yeah. And I actually was expanding my services similar to like what you're doing with micro shading and stuff. I had, I had expanded my services to offering like Brazilian waxes and um because honestly, if you get good at that in 15 minutes, you can make as Girl. much as you would in an hour and a half. Right. That's right. That's yeah. right. So this woman was actually mm-hmm. my model for my course, uh, for my Brazilian course. And I'd taken the Brazilian course at the same place. I took my lash course. So do you mind if I talk about that? Because it's kind of a No, crazy I'd love to hear story. about that. No. Yes, please. So I'm like, yes, I'm going to expand my services. So I book to do this waxing course, waxing course. They give you everything you need for $500. So two months, yeah. And like two months before I go in and I just ask, I'm like, okay, am I going to need a model or are we all just going to work on each other? Because a lot of the time when you do a course, people just work on each other. You get to get that customer kind of what the customer is going to experience. You know, if you're going to be doing it, you got to, you know, experience it yeah have it done so the teacher at that point had said yeah um everyone will probably take part like it's not a big deal so a week before the course I got a message 
from the teacher, we all get a message saying, by the way, not everyone's comfortable with doing this. So you need to find a model. Oh my gosh. So I'm like, Holy crap. I have to find a model for a Brazilian. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's hard. <laughs> not only does their hair have to be grown out, but like yeah. the first thing you want to do is start asking your closest friends because it's, I'm nervous. Yeah. yeah. It's like, none of my friends were overly comfortable with it. So what did I have to do? <laughs> I had to go to our community Facebook page and just, just got post. A random person? Oh my gosh. That's smart was, though. Well, I didn't know what to do. I paying yeah. for this course. I want to learn. So okay. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I make the post and my heart is just sinking. And the people that are coming available to, you know, <laughs> offer to be the models are people that I just don't want to do. Like, well, and- <laughs> Okay, let's just lay it out. A Brazilian, you you know, you want somebody who, like, you feel comfortable enough with, you know, that their lady parts are going to be exposed and front and back, and it's just nerve wracking, and well, and it's hard the new new wax tech because you need to know how to maneuver for different sizes. That's the, the politest way I can say it. You know what I That's mean? Like totally correct. Absolutely. <laughs> but also there's much competition. I anyway, <laughs> I may I'm edit sorry. that out. It's, true. it's absolutely true. But um, right. it's just the way people are here. They're just like more natural and like socks and sandals type of people. Anyways, I'm, I'm I, more, I well, my biggest concern at this point is just cleanliness. I just want to make yeah. sure that whoever I get is clean. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, I got to tell you that laser story again. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> That's amazing. But um, yeah, so a couple people are coming forward and I'm just like, ooh, like, no, no, no. And then this one lady just says, I'll do it. And her profile picture is a flower pot. And I'm just oh, like, no. oh my gosh, I don't have much else to go off of here. I was <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah, meet me here next week. Oh my so, gosh. I'm freaking out because I don't know who the heck is going to walk in. Right. And I go, I go to my course. I don't even know if she's going to walk in. So <laughs> I go to my course and I'm beside myself, so nervous. Yeah. And in walks in, there's a beautiful little red haired woman that was absolutely stunning. Oh. She was like five feet tall, absolutely tiny. And she had five kids. And like, yeah. And I was like, holy crap. Like, yes, this girl's great. (laughs) So the, the wax goes really well, but this was the first time this um, company had ever done a waxing course. So I only got to wax half of her literally like straight down the center. She had to walk out with half of a bush. No. Oh my gosh. They ran out of time. And I was so, so disappointed. So a couple weeks later, um, this woman, we had talked at the, we had talked at the, Brazilian she was okay place. with that though. Wait, hold up. Your girl was okay. With, like walking out with half of a, I would have been like, girl, yeah. um, I'll stay and wait until your course is over and you need to do the rest of this. <laughs> I know I, I would have done the same thing. Actually, I had told her we lived close by each other. She had to fill out an intake form, intake form. And I told her, I was like, come to my house. I will come, I will, I will have you 
just anytime I'll just finish up the other side because this is absolutely ridiculous. That's so, crazy. So a week or two goes by and she messages me and she's like, hey, like this one side still looks awesome. She's like, but I need the other side done. And I was like, all right, fair enough. Um, let's, I'll just put you in. So we booked her in and then that day, about an hour before her appointment, she messaged me and said that uh, she had to go to a parent-teacher meeting for her kids. And I was like, okay. She's like, I'll be an hour late. And I was like, okay, no problem. So an hour goes by and then she messages me and she's like, oh, I'm leaving my house now. And I'm like, okay, no problem. So another Uh hour goes by. So I've taken her intake sheet from um, from the company that I did my course through. And I look and I see her house is only seven minutes from my house so I'm worried I'm thinking like what's going on so she ends up finding my house and um I was just relieved at that point but I was kind of perturbed as to like what was going on so she gets she's dressed in this beautiful like shirt and like a long skirt and she looks really put together and great but she smells like a freaking can of whiskey like a jar of whiskey she reeks. She can't even say oh normal sentences. What? Um, yeah, it was so awkward for me. And I was home alone. It was dark. So this is my first client for a Brazilian coming in, basically, even though we're just fixing up her other side. So ah. I'm like kind of freaking out inside. I don't want to yeah. accuse her of being drunk. But she because obviously is. She was hammered. Like, oh my so hammered at a parent-teacher <laughs> meeting. I don't I, even. <laughs> Maybe the teacher's name was Jack Daniels. <laughs> Mr. <Possibly>. Daniels. <laughs> yeah. Or like Johnny Walker or something. Yeah. It was. I had a meeting with uh, Mr. Daniels and Mr. <laughs> Walker earlier, so I couldn't make it on time. <laughs> it <laughs> so was. wax on the other side of my vagina. <laughs> right? It was so insane. And I just. I've worked in pubs for a long time. I've been used to cutting people off or being quite like frank with people. In this situation, I wasn't used to this situation. So I was like, Well, you're alone. I'm alone. And like, what am I going to do? Call the cops? What am I going to do? Drive her home and then pick her up the next day? Oh my God. So she can get her car? Like, yeah. Wow. I didn't even think of that. Well, that's the thing. It's just like, it's a really crappy. Yeah, like, what is this woman thinking? I don't know. What's going on? Like, she looks like a drunk when she like. Not at all. She seemed like a totally mellow, like respectable. I don't know. I still don't know. Anyways, yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't expect that to happen. So I just invited her in, and we went into the lash room, and I had it all set up. Yeah, I just was like, here you go. I had like a little towel for her to put over um, her lady area. And I just said, okay, like just take off anything um, from the waist down and then Mm -hmm. I'll be right with you. So I I leave her in the room. I shut the door and I kind of listened to her like making some noise in there. It was like kind of just an odd situation. I wanted to die. Oh my gosh, it's like holy crap I just hope I like fall asleep and don't wake up at this point anyways 
So I, I knock on the door and I go and enter the room and there she is, butt naked. What? But, butt naked. Like, <laughs> not an, not a single garment of clothing on her body. Oh no gosh. socks, no shirt, no bra, no pants. Oh my I, gosh. I'm like, holy crap. Like what the heck is going on? She's laying on the table with a tea towel, barely covering <laughs> her vagina, and it just covers her nipples. <laughs> and uh, we just, she just threw it off because it just was in the way. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. At that point, I wasn't, at that point, I just wasn't as nervous as I had been because I well, wasn't super. She might not even remember it. I know, but I mean, I I don't nervous. Well, that's the thing. So I waxed her. She told me a bunch of stuff that I still don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if she has five kids. I don't know if she was getting divorced. She was quite a small woman. Like she didn't watch TV. She was like this really crazy high engineer type person. And it just seemed a little elaborate to me. So I don't. I'm questioning her sanity at this point. Anyways, yeah. so I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know what and to she's do. Drunk so, on your table. Well, she's drunk on my table and that's the thing. Like, what do you do? But So wait, um, okay. Did you end up waxing her or what? What'd you do? I did. I did. Oh and uh, she, she wasn't feeling any pain. So that, that was great. <laughs> yeah, that was great because I was just nervous about like not waxing in the right direction and stuff like that. But, you know, she was completely naked and just... Oh my gosh, a bunch of crap. So, yep. And I was like, you know what? Okay, let's just get this done. So, she got up, and um, the thing is that I let her leave, and she she arrived home just fine. But uh, that's I don't know if in that situation I probably wouldn't have allowed her to drive away. But at the same time, like, why are you showing up this intoxicated? Yeah, there has to be some personal accountability. Like, I mean, yeah, you could have put her in an Uber, but even how do you even know she gets in the house or, you know what I mean? I don't know. You guys have Uber, right, in Canada? Not on Vancouver Island. Oh. <laughs> not, not in the area that I live in, which is crazy. There are taxis. Interesting. But what was the problem you were having? Like ethical well, or moral? Accusing her of being uh, drunk. She was yeah, like... like- it yeah like what if if I were to accuse her of being drunk and she came in that condition there is a high chance that she'll be incredibly offended and there could be some serious like absolutely ramifications from that yeah like you could become I don't know this person I don't know their mental state I don't know like Mm -hmm. it was freaking bananas yeah after that I took the cart and I rolled it straight into the closet and I called that $500 like later for the course. I, I was like, nope, I'm selling this kit. I never did it again. I stuck with lasting because I was like, no. <laughs> anyway, she tried to book no back more in. Vagina waxing. <laughs> no. And so she, she had explained to me, she wanted to get her lashes done. And, um, Oh, she called she, you after that? like a week after she tried to book in for a lash fill oh and I God. was like 
And you didn't say like, hey, do you remember what happened last week? Like, um, I know like, I'm not sorry, Billy. I just didn't know what to say to her. I was like, I'm sorry, yeah, but um, that's an awkward situation. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't. I I'm too busy. I just kind of. I yeah. just don't know why you'd show up that drunk and then. I wonder like, if she think it's normal. Like, what if she woke up and like, oh, I must have gotten a Brazilian because the rest of the other half of my vagina is fine now. <laughs> it matches. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. It's just such an odd thing to happen to somebody. You know, yeah. like that's that's yeah anyways that was one like totally bizarre yes. situation story I can't believe that happened to you like yeah. as lucky as you are you had some serious interesting stories <laughs> holy crap <laughs> yeah so I <laughs> I had this one girl um that I had known through high school um she was coming to me and she had started out and it was all good and then you know, at the time she had had a, um, she'd broken up with her boyfriend and she would always talk to me about this guy who got away. So over a couple of months, she had just stopped getting them and then she'd come back. And then it turns out that she started dating the guy who got away. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, I was happy for her, but she no longer started driving to her own appointments. Now the guy who got away <laughs> would drive to he would drive her to her appointments. Okay. um, That's all right. You know, whatever. But then he'd start coming inside the appointments and sitting at the table, which I didn't mind because a lot of the time when he'd drop her off, he'd go to, he'd grab coffee and he'd always get one for me. So I was like, whatever, this is, I can handle this. Yeah. 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 Um, that's when things started getting weird. Okay, I'm here for it. What happened? I'd be working on her and um, he'd be sitting over in the corner with a table and, you know, I had a little table and chair set up and he'd just be like, he'd be like, baby, you look so good to his girlfriend who's laying on the table and he's like, your thighs look so good and like Uh, uh, stuff and I'm just like, oh, like what the heck uh, going on? And then he'd start showing me like, yeah, he'd start showing me like these these boots, like these leather boots that he was buying her. Like while I'm working on her, he'd be like, "Yeah, look at these! Like they go right up to her thigh." And look at this outfit that I got her, and stuff like that. And I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, this is so weird." He's giving like, up such like a weird vibe. Like, do you think he wanted to like have a threesome? It sounds like he was like trying to entice you and like, look at my girlfriend, she's so hot, kind of thing. Did you I'm feel like I'm thinking they're swingers or something? Oh. Like, yeah, I right. Super... Like that's immediately what I think. Why would you? I've why would you do that? I've told a couple of people this story, and that's what they always think. I just think he got really comfortable, and like, I don't know if he's like a social adrenaline junkie, and he just like gets uh-huh. off on making people feel uncomfortable, but. <laughs> Yes, but that's all. I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's just, you know, I think it's straightforward. Like he was attracted to you and, you know, he likes seeing you working on his girl. But I think so. He's gross. Yeah, I guess. Like, like did you ever know. set boundaries and be like, hey, dude, um, you know, this is a closed appointment. Like, you know, no. No. sister, and that's, it's all about that's, boundaries. That's what happened sure to you. 
Well, that's the thing. So it's getting quite clear to me that like, I'm really bad. Like when it comes to things happening to me right then and there, I don't always handle it well. Um, I always sure. make sure well, that that person are totally free. Yeah, me and too. And then it's like, you know, after it happens, you're just like, oh, next time I'm going to do this and this and this and whatever. But I'm not going to take the coffee and I'm going to tell him to shove the boots up his butt and go away. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, he, I just, never was like, hey, dude, no. you know, no. like, you're being rude. Or I bet nope. you she was into it too. Did she seem into it? Yeah, I mean, she like didn't stop it, but like, and they ended up having a child, the two of them. And then they started referring to each other as mommy and daddy, which was really uncomfortable too. (laughs) But, well, you can't. Their face is in your way. Like, like totally taking, like, it was Oh my gosh. my space. I can't believe he did that. I know. So he'd just like, he'd bend down and then he'd like kiss her mouth and then he'd like go and sit back in the chair. Sometimes he'd get out of the chair and just leave the room and be wandering around my house, which is not cool either. Yeah. Super weird. Especially because I don't know about you, but when you work out of your home, it's not always perfectly clean. I will take all the dishes and move them to an area in the kitchen where you just <laughs> can't see them when you're walking in. I'm not comfortable with someone just wandering around my house. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and wow. I shouldn't have to reel you in. But also, he had just even stay- fed her chicken nuggets during what? the appointment by hand while with I'm doing her lashes. And everything. <laughs> I don't remember the dipping sauce, but I remember being <laughs> so mad. I was just like, what I'm the heck is going this- on? Okay, girl, the moral of this story is we need boundaries as artists. Boundaries. (laughs) Okay, and we need to see those boundaries clearly for any lash artists who are listening. A thousand percent, anyone who's listening, I don't care, like, what your client says, do not let them bring a guest. I have had so many issues with people bringing guests. It's, like, ridiculous. Like it's, there is a no guest in my room policy now. Um, This is just like one of the stories that I've had. And like this couple in particular, the way that they just eased into it so slowly, like I was worried that if I told her he can't come into the room uh, in a way. Yeah. And it's like, I worried that if I told him or told her that he can't come anymore, that he would be really offended. So in a way I just didn't, I just made an exception uh-huh. Um, but yeah, wow. I mean, like the last, I mean, I think it, it can happen to any of us. Like, you know, you want to be, um, give good customer service. You want client retention. That's your money and livelihood. And the fact that, you know, these two customers, I mean, three now of these experiences took such advantage of you. I think they, it's amazing what people think that they can get away with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I was in my client's position where I'm laying on a bed with my eyes shut and then my husband or boyfriend is like showing my technician like sex outfits and telling me I'm so sexy laying down doing nothing and then like kissing my mouth without warning, like I'd be so freaked out. Yeah, it's just it's just weird and it's unacceptable and it's just gross. Like 
you know, so I, they actually, they weren't doing too well financially. So it was pretty easy for me to manipulate a conversation into her just getting a, taking a break. By the time that she wanted to come back, I just didn't have the space. Um, I eliminated, yeah. And I eliminated the service that she would usually get that she could afford. So it was like, I find eliminating the cheaper services definitely worked out in my benefit. I had a lot better clientele. Like it is a demograph thing, I feel. Um, mm. That's a good point for artists who may be listening. Like, look, you can, you're identifying your target um, clientele is super important because then you avoid a lot of uncomfortable, uh, as in Elizabeth's case, you know, experiences. So I really appreciate you coming on. This is almost the end of our time. I mean, you have such incredible experiences and I feel like <laughs> I always learn so much from you when we talk. So oh, I look forward to hearing even more, but I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your stories with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that you can, you know, take them and educate people a little bit or, you know, make somebody laugh. Like the <laughs> bizarre stuff we put up with in this industry or any customer industry is just soul sucking. So stick up for yourselves, guys, have boundaries. (laughs) Don't end up like me. Don't put yourself through that kind of stuff. (laughs) Boundaries. Yes. Thank you so much, Liz. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was a great time. It was so great to talk to Liz. I can't believe that these things happened to her, honestly. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about exploring and learning and growing together as beauty industry artists and just commiserating over the crazy things that we go through and learning from each other, like in this episode about boundaries and really standing up for ourselves um, and our businesses. So I know that there's a lash artist out there or another artist out there wanting to share their stories. So please, 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 if you have a story to share, go ahead and email me at prettypillowtalkpodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.